You're listening to Europe Calling with Barbara Ann and Vince Tracy. So, a very good day. Welcome, everybody. It's Europe Calling with Vince and Barbara Ann. Our date is the 20th of the 11th. That's the 20th of November. And the year seems to be gathering momentum. It just seems everything's so fast at the moment. Weather-wise, it's, uh, it's a nice day. It's, um, yeah, baby. Okay, it's not roasting hot, but then again, <laughs> thank goodness... We're moving towards uh, latter autumn and into winter. So, without any further ado, let me welcome in Barbara Ann. Very good day. Welcome to you. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Yes, uh, as Vince said, it's a lovely temperature at the moment, ranging from 23 to 27, which uh, in my eyes is perfect. And then just dropping down uh, to be cooler in the evening. As, As Vince said, we are near the end of November. Yeah, and this year it do, it does seem to be that certain things happen. And before then, uh, you look and you think, blimey, we're practically into another new year. I mean, we're all six weeks away from Christmas, something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's see what the papers have got for us today. The uh, purpose of this particular podcast, like Europe Calling in a general sense, is we're looking to see what the media is trying to tell us And we're trying to make uh, our minds up as to whether or not um, the priorities are right and whether or not maybe we're being um, taken for mugs as we are looking at um, the news. Uh, We've got the TV, obviously, that we see as well, so we might throw in bits of that. But for people in other parts of the world, it's how we look at the news that's presented from the UK newspapers as we go to the first one. So stand by. Okay, so our first one, uh, this is the major headline, remembering um, of all the things that's happening around the world, and of course the uh, screen that I'm going to describe to you shows me that we have a Black Friday special on one side, um, I've got uh, videos distracting me in the bottom right-hand corner and below the article that I'm going to read. And quite honestly, you know, is it any wonder that people are acting differently? Because in the past, you could read a newspaper and basically, um, even online, you wouldn't have all this distraction like uh, videos of people being horrible to each other, which seems to be trying to distract you from even reading the rubbish that's ahead of you. So our first story, Shakira, this is the most important thing in the world. Shakira is fined £6.4 million on top of £15 million tax bill as she agrees deal to avoid three-year prison term over Paradise Papers financial fraud. Singer insists she's innocent but wanted to spur her children having to see her on trial. 
Okay, now obviously I check with you to make sure that you're aware who Shakira is. Remember, um, I'm not going to assume anything. So, uh, are you up to speed with who Shakira is? And yeah, she's a, f- a famous singer, and I would imagine quite uh, qu- quite well widely uh, known. I, w- I would think so, but uh, you never know. So this is certainly uh, a very worthwhile distraction. Uh, as I scroll to get a bit more information, then I've got uh, uh, videos running through about um, Strictly and uh, the the the, uh, the dancers. Um, we've got uh, Nigel Farage, who's uh, off to be a celebrity in the jungle and all this. So now we can... Be distracted. Now we go back to what it says. The global superstore will be fined 7.3 million euros for the six tax fraud crimes she confessed to as part of the deal announced in court today. Less than a third of the amount prosecutors were seeking ahead of trial. She'd already reaped, uh, sorry, repaid the tax which Spanish officials had accused her of dodging. Uh, which with interest on top uh, came to nearly 17 million um, euros. She will also have to pay a fine totaling 423,000 euros to avoid prison. The global superstar arrived at Barcelona courthouse on Monday uh, to attend the first day of her trial for allegedly defrauding the Spanish state of 14.5 million euros on income earned between 2012 and 2014. Wearing a pink suit and um, sunglasses, the 46-year-old arrived outside the building just before 10 o'clock in the morning. She blew a kiss. I mean, all this is absolute nonsense. We don't need to know she blew a kiss to onlookers before she headed to the court. Anyway, we'll forget all that. And I want to uh, look at... The fact that this is the most important story in the world, according to the newspaper that I'm looking at. Now, um, I, I know that maybe was I... It, was it front page? Front, top, first story. Oh. First story. So the thing is, you see, I, I'm really now thinking to myself, am I being a little bit unfair? Because basically, uh, I know I can be maybe accused of being uh, a bit too serious now and again. But at the end of the day, it's almost like people aren't being serious anymore. And while they're not seriously investigating the news, then there's all sorts of horrible things being smuggled in behind our backs. And um, unfortunately... I think that's one of these stories. But what do you think that's more important? Well, I, I, I obviously agree that it shouldn't be a frontline um, headline. Um, and also, I, I think that she's got a team of financial people behind her, a team of uh, production people behind her. She is really the front person of the singing. She doesn't do all the paperwork and the taxing and the taxation stuff and so the people of her team are to blame um shakira will get the blame because she is the head of the team or the head of the of the uh, group a bit like a, a manager or a managing director it's not always the person that's at the head that has made all the mistakes so really she should be going for her um financial team because it's really their fault and it's always through greed they've all thought oh yeah well we'll get a cut and you know we won't um, declare these taxes in spain or wherever she is and nobody will know well as you say they're going back to 
2014 or 12 or something like that, Vince. So they go back a long time. Um, and in Spain especially, we know for a fact that they can go back quite a, quite a long way before they can uh, fine you for doing something wrong. So it's best to uh, keep everything above board. So she should either change her financial team, who, who are to blame because she doesn't do all the figures, and um, say, look, I want to do everything above board. Okay, now I think that's a fantastic way of looking at it because quite honestly, um, the minute I looked at this, I'm thinking Shakira, she was going out with that um, uh, player from Barcelona, the footballer from Barcelona. Uh, they split up and then, you know, she is a worldwide star. I do like some of her music. Um, she does a lot of this sexual dancing, which obviously, again, is part and parcel of, um, unfortunately, what people seem to think has to be entertainment. Uh, but that's only my uh, personal opinion. I think more importantly, I think that you've got it right. It's about time they get hold of all their financial advisors, their, their legal people. I mean, I get crossed by the fact that the um, the legal teams who are making stacks of money never ever i mean all right if the legal system is set up at the moment so that somebody has got to defend somebody who's obviously wrong and somebody who's obviously committed an offense i'm thinking of murderers and people like that um it's all got to be wrong isn't it it's the legal systems that need to be looked exactly. at i mean she is obviously the the f uh, the um what, what would you call her she's the main person they're going to go for her name but really, I feel a bit sorry for her, really, because she's obviously trusted her legal team. She should really change all her legal team. And if she has owed 17 million, she's obviously made much, many more millions um, as well. So, as I said before, it's all down to greed, isn't it? I don't know about you. I can't feel, I can't feel envy of somebody with that sort of money because, quite frankly... I don't know what I would do with it, and I don't know how it would change my life. It's not I, just for her, though. It's for the whole team. That's what I'm saying. They're all having a cut of her success and her, fa for her fame. It's like all these top people, like Elvis Presley, um, uh, oh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jackson 5, you know. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, uh, Prince. All these have got a team of people behind them, pushing and pushing and pushing. And they are the ones that are making the money. I mean, what about the, the um, Tina Turner? No, not Tina Turner, the one that died. Whitley Houston. Yeah. She was making money for everybody and being uh, with her family. and every Everybody wants a cut. And I feel sorry for sometimes. The person that's making the money is the one that gets uh, all the publicity about how bad they are. So, um, okay, would that be... Right, for me to say what both of us are thinking, because you obviously uh, precipitated this. I'm saying I totally agree with you. I think what we're saying is that if you look back through history and through all the great superstars that we've had, they've all had advisors who basically seem to have really done well with their success. Course, yeah. um, and then they've got this organization which has... Obviously, at some point, got to a stage where the superstar, shall we say, can't really understand the finance. 
and therefore it's got to be the advisors who should be going exactly. to the prisons, yeah. not that not necessarily the person I behind mean, it. It's all about trust, isn't it? If somebody says yes, it's all done. You just go and do the show. You just go and do the world tour. You know, you you know, don't worry about anything else. We're doing it, and they're the ones that have got her into this trouble. Okay, great way, great way of looking at it as far as I'm concerned. And remember, that's the top story ahead of everything that's going on in the world. Suddenly, there's nothing that comes out of Ukraine at the moment. There's nothing that comes out to show us what really is going on in Ukraine. We know that, obviously, the, the tunnels situation finally looks like it will be exposed um, in the, uh, uh, the the Gaza Strip. And, you know, uh, I, I'm not seeing anything of that coming up in these, this online newspaper. All I'm getting is completely and utterly distracted by videos coming across uh, telling me uh, tri- trivial stuff. Strictly's Diane Buswell breaks her silence. Tearful Taylor returns to stage in Brazil. Josie Gibson takes aim at Nigel Farage. Nicole Skirchinger. It goes on and on with utterly, utterly uh, ridiculous, in totally for me not interesting stuff. Anyway, um, I think I know I think, there's it differently. I think it needs to be said, but not on the front page. I think these things are to lighten all the situations that are going on in the world. But definitely not a front page, not front liners. Okay. In the paper somewhere. Now you're lucky, really, because you don't look at the online newspapers. You don't use the computers. So I'm telling you, uh, although I feel I have to, because otherwise I won't get this. Uh, I won't get the amount of news stories that uh, I'm looking for. Um, it does annoy me to. To look at the second story, which seems to have been superseded by the one we've just talked about. Again, lots of distractions. Fury at crass cervical smear test campaign that airbrushes out women and sexualizes the procedure with a mannequin legs display, telling patients not to keep their legs crossed. Um, now, for a, a story like that, I... I feel I have to click on that because really, as a man, I don't know enough about it. Um, but for you, it's got to be s- cervical smear. It's got to be something important, doesn't it? Well, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> uh, you know, you normally have a cervical smear every two years in England. I don't know about Spain, but I think Spain is, is pretty hot as well. Um, and it's very important. And I totally advise any woman to have the cervical smear and the breast, um, the mammogram. Okay. Because these things can, you know, pick up things in the early stages. Okay. As a man, I have to say, it's one of these things which uh, women have to uh, go to. It must be a tremendously embarrassing experience. And this is trivialising. And so I wanted to click on this and see what it goes to next. And then it says, it looks like a promo for a Lovely Legs competition in the 1970s. So you've got this new campaign advertising the um, fury at cervical cancer campaign that sexualizes smear tests by telling women not to keep their legs crossed. Okay, now that doesn't give me enough information, so I will read you the next bit. Feminists have criticised a crass cervical smear test campaign 
um, that sexualizes a vital health procedure by telling women not to keep their legs crossed. So that's just totally and utterly doing what we get in Spain all the time, totally repeating what you've just read in the headline. Don't keep them crossed. This has been launched by Northwest Cancer Research to highlight how cervical cancer rates in the region are 19% higher than in the rest of England. The campaign was launched with a sculpture showing crossed mannequin legs at Manchester Piccadilly Station alongside that slogan. Now, uh, obviously, I haven't got the information that I need yet, so I'll go then next. Um, I'm going to ask you to come and have a look at this picture, which you can look at across the uh, back of uh, the screen, and then you'll know exactly what I'm seeing, because I think it's important for you to see this. So this is what they're complaining about, and there's what, what they're saying here. The blurb reads... Our region's cervical cancer rates are 90% higher than the rest of England, yet almost one in three people aged 25 to 49 in the northwest don't attend their cervical screen counselling, uh, leaving the risk of developing cervical cancer to chance. And then there's a, a website which um, I do get on now and again because I want to see what mums think. And because, you know, as a granddad, my way of looking at things are obviously probably very, very different to what a mum um, who's going through lots of different problems in her life. So Mums Met uh, users blasted the decision to refer to people rather than women and accused the team behind the ad of relying on laddie humour. One wrote, it looks like a promotion for a lovely legs competition in a seaside resort in the 70s. Another called it a horrible campaign that emphasises the sexual nature of opening your legs, whereas what you want as a woman thinking about smears is to desexualize it. I don't disagree with that. I can understand that it must be awful uh, for women um, as an experience to have to well, go to that. Exactly, but... I think it's a horrible um, way of describing uh, what you have to do about crossing your legs. I mean, obviously, how can I say this nicely? Um, you don't have your legs crossed when you actually have the smear, right? So they're saying, don't keep your legs crossed, uh, go for your smear test. But uh, I just think it's a horrible, horrible way of expressing how they, they're telling you. Can I go into a man? when they're advertising a man to go f to check his prostate, would they agree with having bums uh, all in the um, in the uh, train stations, all men, different coloured men's bo bottoms, with their pants down, saying, don't ignore your prostate test? It's exactly the same. It's sort of, not trivialising it, it's making a, it, uh, that um, it's embarrassing first, but you don't need to have those cross legs to uh, explain to a woman that she has to go for her smear test. OK, so Karen Swan, director, influential, the advertising firm behind the campaign, said it was deliberately playful and a bit cheeky to grab attention and encourage women to attend their cervical screenings. Uh, now, um, she describes 
the campaign as perfect. But Debbie Cameron, a feminist campaigner and Oxford University professor, claimed it was a line for a lech. She wrote on what used to be called Twitter, uh, what is the matter with people who design campaigns to encourage cervical cancer screening? Don't keep them crossed is a line for a lech and you should have kept them crossed is an old excuse for rape. So I, I am sort of reading between the lines a little bit, but I mean, when a girl used to go out... Is it the sort of thing your mum would have said to you? Keep your legs crossed. I mean, w- definitely. Um, meant as a sort of a reminder w- with a little twinkle, you know, not, you know, you go out and have a good time, but don't forget to keep your legs crossed, you know, have a good time, but uh, don't bring back any babies or, or anything like that. And that's, it's a well known thing you say to your daughters, uh, I would say. Um, a, a sort of a, a gentle reminder to behave themselves. You well, know. the next part of this, I'm really, really, <laughs> I, I'm struggling to not be annoyed about it because, quite frankly, it says in this article, earlier this year, a cancer charity was accused of dehumanising women after advising medics to refer to the ju- vagina as a bonus hole to avoid upsetting transgender men. Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust features a glossary on its website detailing the correct language that healthcare professionals should use when dealing with trans men, people whose biological sex is female but identify as male. As well as bonus hole, it also suggests the term front hole as an alternative to vagina. The use of the latter may leave patients feeling hurt or distressed, it claimed. Now, women's rights campaigners last night rounded on Joe's, the UK's only charity dedicated to women affected by cervical cancer. Bev Jackson of the LGB Alliance said, disgusting language like this which intentionally dehumanises women, must be rejected by all reasonable people. The fact is, women have vaginas. It's, a pe- it's appalling that anyone would think that this reality is offensive. If you think it's offensive, then it's your problem. There is no reason for the rest of society to adapt our language so as not to offend people who are offended by reality. I'm going to quickly uh, bring some figures to the table which don't appear in this article, which is basically the transgender population in the UK, according to the last census, was 0.03 of a percent. So, in other words, people have got to put up with disgusting language, those two expressions they just read out. I found that found that quite appalling, quite honestly. Well, I think it's very offensive. And uh, what, what, you know, it, it's just, I, I'm speechless, really, because it's happening all the time that they're trying to change the language of uh, biology, for instance, your, the woman's body. It's got nothing to do with these bloody transgender people and whoever they want to be. A woman is, is a woman. She's got a vagina. She's got breasts. She's got... Um, organs to have babies they haven't just leave us alone you get on with your business and don't try and change what's always been the case if you don't haven't been to a biology lesson and you don't go to science lessons you're not going to change the physical body of a skeleton this, for goodness this is, sake this is coming into the area of woke 
which is the word that people keep using, which is basically accusing anybody who, are, who, who sort of strays away from this nonsense that's being spouted. They call you woke, uh, and being woke is somebody who basically, um, you know, is... Agrees with everything. Well, it's looking out for things that uh, affect race and gender issues. Um, basically, yeah, but, yeah, but I don't know. I just discrimination. I, I mean, I'm talking to I would say 99.9 people who are what can say are heterosexual uh, population, and we're just fed up with this. I mean, we're just sort of why are people going along with this? But they're not going along with this if we all stand together and say we're not having it. If you don't like it, you know, tough. You know, you t- you've decided to be who you are. Don't try and change the majority of people in the world. The terms, it goes on to say, feature on a section of Joe's website specifically for medical professionals entitled Language to Use When Supporting Trans Men and or Non-Binary People. It was drawn up in partnership with the LGBT Foundation, a campaign group calling for a world where queer liberation enables meaningful and lasting change. This is where the problem yeah, but comes the thing from. Is, the thing is, what I say is, if a man, born as a man, wants to be a woman, for whatever reason, he wants to be a woman. So why doesn't he want his bits to be called a vagina? Because if he wants to be a woman, he's got to have the same expressions as a woman. I mean, this is it. If he wants breasts in plants, they're breasts. They're not whatever they want to call them, balloons or something stupid like that. But if you want to be a woman, you've got to, you've got to use the terminology of a woman. I think the whole... annoyed now. <laughs> the whole purpose of this... For those people that uh, can bother to really think about it, is that the idea is to confuse people. Well, well there's no confusion in no, my mind. No, exactly, there's no confusion. It's making a mockery of out, out of Out of every hundred people that I walk past in the street or uh, just out socially, every time I go out without fail, that I will see no more than an odd person that might look un- different to everybody yeah. else. Well, we went to Valencia yesterday, a massive, massive event with about six bands outside uh, preparing for what we call here the fires in March. And there's, they compete with one another, plus all the costumes and everything else. And Vince... I didn't see one transgender person. There must have been thousands of people there. Maybe the odd one that you didn't really, it didn't stick out. But why are we bowing down to this mini, minical, uh, mini- minimal <laughs> amount of people? I keep saying, we keep saying the same thing. You get on with your life and just leave us alone. We don't want to change. We are who we are. And if you want, if you want to change the terminology for your type of people, fair enough. But don't try and say that we have to talk like that. But I think the wickedness of what we're seeing is that if you've got ninety nine and probably over ninety nine, uh, if you go to the bigger statistics. But if you've got say ninety nine people having to change for one person, person yeah. businesses don't run that way no. and even organisations shouldn't run that way. If you've got 100 people, 
you go with what the majority can handle. I, I, I sometimes uh, put it at par with in the 60s and 70s uh, when punk rock started and uh, what those other ones that are all black and white. Um, goths. Goths, yeah, goths. Um, and obviously I grew up with, with those um, that type of group of people. And we just let them get on with it. You know, we let them be who they are. They weren't trying to change anyone. But now the... Um, the um, Oh, sorry. It's the people that are the, trying to rearrange yeah. everybody's life. I mean, everyone's got a life. You do what you want to do. But why, in this, ta- in this instance, they're trying to change terminologies now? Look, I've told you in the past, and I'll tell everybody else that will listen... I'm not an activist, but what I do tell you is that when I went back to college, I was 36. The first thing I did, I read the Communist Party Manifesto, and in it, the communists are, or were in 1848, telling everybody that if you want to defeat capitalism, you defeat the family. What on earth do you think this is all about? It's about trying to confuse what is mother, what is father. We went out socially yesterday, and I have to say, I was watching two young mothers who were uh, part of our uh, gathering, and it was the way that they were handling and managing to cope with the stress of their uh, one, two, three, four. They had about five or six young children with them. Uh, there were other people around us that were in this uh, particular place, all suffering the same problems, which is basically halfway through whatever the event is, the kids start misbehaving. Yeah, they get fed up, and yeah, yeah. and and it's the way. Look, the mums can cope with it. The dads usually find it more difficult, uh, but that's a generalisation. And unfortunately, if somebody comes along who happened to be uh, different to a mum and a dad, it would confuse the children. They would look and watch sort of in astonishment. But unfortunately, this is life. And whoever it is behind Agenda 2030, whatever group of people and what on, what on earth they're trying to achieve, it has worked quite well up till now until people like you start interfering. Last word from you. Well, as I say, you know, I'm just amazed um, and I just hope... Uh, worldwide people won't stand for it and will say I mean I must admit I do hear lots of people talking about it on Facebook and you know people are aware of it now and I just hope the majority of people back these people and say they're not having it especially in schools especially in schools um, that yes teach them that there are homosexuals and lesbians that's not a problem but they are and I can't explain it anymore but they're different they're different, um, they'll always be different, and obviously they want to be different, don't they, Vince? But this terminology thing, it, it's just getting out of hand now. It's just really I'm is. not an activist. I am just trying to make sense out of what I'm reading, which is being presented to us. We know that the world is run by two companies. We know that. We know the media is run by a small group of companies that slot into this general picture. But what we really don't understand is why are you trying to change everybody to suit 
a number, a, a small, small percentage of people. Yeah. There's got to be a, a reason for this. People have got to fight against it. I mean, it's all very well us saying our opinion, but it's not just our opinion. I would say 100% of our friends, our acquaintances, everybody is in exactly the same. But if you don't say anything, um, it's going to get worse, isn't it? Look, don't I, I don't up. understand it. All as I do know is that I was educated that if we have people near us, around us, who basically are a bit different, we try to be kind exactly, to them. Exactly. I'm that was what I was taught. And I think we tried to teach the same with, with our children and with our family. Um, so either I'm wrong and there is nothing that's going on, so all the conspiracy theories in the world are wrong, or... If I'm right, and I do feel that there's some group of people trying to change everything, then maybe if we gave you the benefit of the doubt and said that maybe you are doing this for everybody's benefit to make things better, um, if we did say that, my own common sense would tell me, you're wrong, Vince. You're wrong. You don't upset 100 people to keep one person happy. You don't do that. Exactly. If one person is in a Can't in a, cope, yeah. if if there's a if there's a hundred people in a cinema watching something that they're all enjoying, and one person doesn't like it and starts making a noise, yeah. what do you do? You get the usherette, and she shows you to the door, basically, you know. But uh, as I say, the, the this situation is just get it's getting out of hand, and. Um, I don't know how, how people are going to stop it, really, you know. OK, just to show you a bit of flexibility, I haven't got any music handy, so we'll go to our next talking point. And uh, as you know, the, uh, the, the the media has gone very quiet on the whatever is happening in Russia and Ukraine. And quite honestly, um, this one that I've just picked up this morning is part and parcel of, it's almost like I read things thinking people are trying to make us more and more afraid, more and more terrified, more and more that we don't want to go out or we don't want to enjoy other people's company. And this one is the headline, Ukrainian sniper claims new world record after picking off Russian soldier from 2.36 miles away using Lord of the Horizon gun. So, uh, then it repeats as it always does in this newspaper. In fact, I think all newspapers do the same. They give you the headline, then they explain as if we're all idiots because they've got to fill the space. Um, but it's an unnamed sniper who serves in Ukraine's security services and... Um, reportedly managed to beat the previous record of 2.2 miles made by a Canadian special operations sniper in Iraq in 2017. I don't know about you. Well, well is I, that anything to be proud of? I don't, I don't think that's anything to be proud of and, and anything to be um, highlighted. I mean, Ukraine, Russia, the Gaza, the Israel thing, it's all absolutely horrendous for all those people. And to sort of highlight that somebody can shoot somebody from a certain amount of uh, distance is just, to me, fl fr frankly, quite disgusting that they've actually even mentioned it. I mean, there's enough people have died, thousands of people have died, children especially. It's just horrific what, what's happening well, it's in, almost uh, on both sides. It's almost like they're trying to make us so that we're not shocked by anything we read anymore. 
uh, further down after the pictures, which you've got to sort of try and make the whole thing more dramatic, a line of three stationary Russian soldiers quickly became a line of two as the bullet takes the soldier out at the currently unknown location. The SBU said SBU snipers are rewriting the rules of global sniping, showcasing unparalleled abilities to operate effectively at remarkable distances. I agree. It is remarkable. I think the technology is uh, awesome, but at the same time, uh, horribly awesome. And I think what the reporting seems to be doing and this again makes me wonder whether this is artificial intelligence rather than you know um you, you know that you go down into the article it shows you uh, that 2017 Iraq managed 11,000 so they were the um the, 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 they were the, then the world record then it was Ukraine then it was the British in Af- Afghanistan and then it was the Canadians in Afghanistan then it was uh, uh, um the United States in Iraq, like a league table, as if that is something to be proud of. I suppose in terms of, um, you know, I don't know, is in in terms of trying to make people aware of just how things are changing in the the world of the military, um, you know, it, it just makes me wonder about people and what they see as achievement. Because for me... If they'd have gone for you hit a target, but they're talking about... I mean, I don't know who this young Russian soldier... It's a human being. I mean, you know, we've met Russian people over the years, and um, they're nice people. You you know, if you look at ordinary people just looking at the things that nobody seems to be able to look at anymore... Lots of them are not not happy at all with what's going on. They, They don't agree with it. So, I mean... They were saying they can't get any information from friends and family um, in um, Russia, parts of Russia. They can't get in touch with them. Um, um, and also, we've been also been told that when um, the news comes out, it's all good for Russia. It's um, it's false news, basically, isn't it? Telling the telling the people that everything's going fine and we're going to win. But while he's saying that, thousands and thousands are dying of their own people. I just can't understand it again, you know. Well, I can understand it because it's the sort of thing that we've learned about sort of what was going on in previous wars. I mean, obviously, when you go back in history, um, you, you can see quite clearly that everybody was compliant. But of course, with the technology now, of course, people are better educated or shall we say, um, more informed. That doesn't necessarily mean to say that we understand properly the things that we should be understanding. And, and if somebody thinks that it's wonderful that somebody can shoot somebody from uh, so such a distance as that, then I'm afraid they have different priorities to, to my own. Um, okay, I'm going to take a quick break and hopefully when we come back we will be able to use the technology that I want to use. Okay, we're back. A few technical problems and Ofsted has been branded toxic and not 
fit for purpose. This is an inquiry which claims it needed uh, reforming after losing the trust of the teaching profession. Lord Jim Knight chaired the Beyond Ofsted inquiry and said the education watchdog had created a culture of fear within schools. Findings from the seven-month inquiry published in a 103-page document today rips into the way the independent body is run, saying it's lost the trust of the teaching profession and increasingly of parents. Now, I have to say, as somebody that worked in uh, various uh, teaching establishments, I think that they haven't got a clue how to monitor things properly. Um, I mean, the, the fact still remains that... Probably throughout the whole of my teaching career, I don't think I had more than one person ever sit in on a class of mine. I don't think that um, I was monitored at all, which means that any teacher can sort of uh, really just teach what they like. Uh, as long as they're putting in pieces of paper that would uh, tend to suggest that we're keeping to the national curriculum, that sort of thing. Now, I think that is not good management personally. And I think at the moment, if you're looking at the reason why I feel even more strongly, is I am absolutely astonished that teachers are not really out in force making sure that all this woke stuff is really um, not entering well it has been entering let's be honest about it when teachers are, are apparently teaching uh, such things as masturbation in a class to under sevens I find the whole thing absolutely uh, not fit for purpose and uh, you know if Ofsted can't come in and uh, do the job then they need to set up something that can you're a mum how much did you always treat the education system to be doing the right thing? Well, totally. I mean, 100%. I mean, that's what uh, we'll say they're, they're there for. And that's what the majority of teachers in um, now and in the past uh, have wanted to educate children to the highest standard. But as you say, if Ofsted aren't going around and checking people, um, lots, of, lots of bad teachers can slip through the net. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Not mentioning any names, obviously, but in the past we've known teachers that haven't been very good. The, the children are from our uh, our own children saying, he, you know, he or she is really a bad teacher, but she's there in the job twenty years, gets the pension at the end of it or thirty years, and it's been uh, widely um, noticed by by children or students, I should say, that he or she was not a good teacher. So um, I don't know. I think maybe they should be um, checked a lot, a lot more frequent than they are. Um, but you do tend to uh, trust a teacher. But when you get information from your own children, which people should be aware of, what you know, ask questions. What did you do today? Geography, history, blah, blah, blah. And what's the teacher like? And if they say it's boring, if they say you know they're not nice, or I think maybe parents should pick up on that if they ask other parents well what does your teach uh, what does your child say about for instance history geography teacher maths teacher um and it's an old saying isn't it that um if you like your teacher and she's she or she is good you'll learn a lot more and if you don't like your teacher you switch off 
My problem at the moment is indoctrination because people are indoctrinating. Teachers, are, they're actually bringing in um, outside organisations and they are indoctrinating the children. And obviously, uh, if you're all running alongside this, they're going to say, right, we're not going to have religious education in the schools as well. Um, don't be surprised what uh, what we're seeing. I mean, I, I've seen so much lawlessness over the past year that I've never, ever thought we would see in the likes of the United Kingdom. Well, I don't think, and you know this, I don't think it's up to teachers, any teacher, male, female, whoever. Yes, biology, yes, science, uh, yes, all the other subjects. But fr- quite frankly, it's not up to a teacher to explain um, certain personal things at a young age. It's the parents that should decide when that child is uh, capable of taking the information in properly without frightening them, without um, disturbing the mental situation. I mean, for instance, uh, with ch- with girls, I wasn't mentioned about having um, periods until I properly until I was about eleven, which was when the time is normally it starts to happen. I was told it was going to happen. I was explained not to worry, blah de blah. But I wasn't explained things of sexual nature um, well, uh, you know, like in primary school, which apparently that's what they're doing. And do parents know that this is happening? I mean, unless you talk to your children, you, you don't really know what the children are being taught by a teacher. Funny enough, there's another interesting topic which we'll probably be addressing later in the week, which is young children not having telephones. And basically, the thing that really everybody should be really monitoring as parents these days is if you've got young children, anything over seven, and, you know, apparently uh, it's quite normal now for kids to have phones between seven upwards, should we say, um, and, you know, you can't, uh, unless you're monitoring what your child is looking at, some of the stuff that you see coming through as a grandparent and as teachers and mothers and fathers, if they don't see this, it's repulsive, it's repugnant, and it's brainwashing. And unfortunately, I feel uh, that we've got to probably move on because based around uh, the fact I want to get a couple more things in, um, I just feel that education in the UK for me seems to be losing its way. Am I right? Just look at the way people are behaving and then tell me I'm wrong. That's what I would say. Um, Right. Let's play a jingle. You're listening to Europe Calling with Barbara Ann and Vince Tracy. Now, another headline that took my attention, almost 500,000 Brits are out of work because they eat, smoke or drink too much. Now, this is a report which is claiming this. So let's look into it. A group of three health alliances examined how cigarettes um, 
alcohol and junk food farm harm health and the economy in the UK. Again, the grammar in this, I've just had to sort of correct what I'm reading because quite frankly, uh, the grammar in these online papers now suggests to me that it's either got to be people who don't speak English as their first language or it's the uh, artificial intelligence. The findings suggest 459,000 are unemployed due to the consequences of health-harming products, resulting in a loss of 31.1 billion from the economy. How on earth they measure that sort of stuff is just beyond me. I, mean, they, I think they just put anything into alarm. They made a raft of recommendations, including warning labels on junk food, calorie flashes on alcohol packaging, and a ban on promotions of unhealthy food uh, I would be more interested to see how they actually manage to get to these figures that are so alarming what do you think well I as you say how how do they get to these figures they just pick them out of a hat I don't know you know but um uh, I don't know many people now funny enough that do smoke um because um, it's just our circle of friends and even when we go to restaurants, it's not allowed in the restaurant. But you don't see that many people getting up and leaving the table to go and have a cigarette. But apart from that, um, when I have seen cigarette packets uh, on the floor usually or not in the bin, they've got all these horrific um, advertising saying how bad um, having a cigarette um, is for you. It doesn't seem to make really any difference to the people that are still smoking. I mean, they can see what they're doing uh, and it's their choice. It's like everything. It's it's about f- knowing the facts, but it's still at the end of the day your choice and it's not banned. So, you know, you can do it. And the same with alcohol, you know, the limitations, you know, if you have too much, you know, if you shouldn't drink when you drive, but people still do it. Um, so it's not because of lack of information anymore. It's um, the human person is deciding not to take that information in. That's my my way of looking at it. Okay, uh, the consultancy firm Landman Economics. Obviously, they've made a packet out of this. Some of this you've seen umpteen times in the paper uh, what they're talking about the balance eat at least five portions of a variety of fruit and veg every day well we've had that uh, and that sounds years. okay all fresh frozen dried and canned fruit and vegetables count then they say base meals on potatoes bread rice pasta or other starchy carbohydrates ideally whole grain now i've been reading for many years now that you shouldn't be eating too much in the way of potatoes uh, you shouldn't have well, a lot well, of bread or mm, rice exactly but those those five i think you said they're bread potatoes um st- uh, pasta rice pasta are all uh, weight gain pe- weight gain food uh, again not in you know if you have a little bit but really you can't really say to somebody that has a pizza every single day that that's well over a thousand calories. Well, this is the NHS Eat Well Guide. Now, it's all very well saying that, but if you're then going to tell us that you become diabetic and the only way that you can... 
possibly reverse diabetes is to uh, back away from all the things like uh, potatoes, bread, rice, pasta or other starchy carbohydrates. That's everything that you're recommending in another part of the same article. If if they're doing it now, Vince, maybe it's a very cheap and um, economical way of feeding a family because for children, all those items, uh, I don't think, unless they're overused, are a good way, cheap way of filling your children up. Um, But as far as being healthy, uh, just look at the statistics of people that are, are obese. I mean, you only have to take that um, in, into consideration. And those f- those particular foods in uh, overuse are just fat builders, aren't well, they? Well, I mean, you could even extend what you're saying into uh, this woke business that you can't call anybody fat. I'm afraid, you see, once you don't call somebody fat... Okay, obese, go call it one. But very quickly, if you say somebody's too fat, then, you know, okay, it might upset people. But you and I and everybody else have seen people waddling around the streets, looking puffy in the cheeks, red in the, uh, the, the cheeks so that they're obviously out of breath just even walking. And obviously, if you then look at the parents and see two parents doing exactly the same, it's a lack of education and passing down knowledge to the family, isn't it? It's a lack of education as it's a lack of taking it in and responding to it because we've, we've had all these education things for many years about food. Um, and it's, again... It's a horrible thing to say, but it's choice. Oh, I don't care. I'll eat a packet of a uh, family pack of crisps. I'll have a pizza every day. I'll have a takeaway. Sometimes it doesn't matter how much information you get on give to somebody. They've got to. T- what is it that's saying? You can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. Well, according to this, the, the the saying: a further ninety nine thousand are unemployed. Uh, as a result of illness caused by alcohol, while 70,000 are unemployed because of weight-related health conditions. Now, if you're not going to be constantly and um, uh, in the right way regarded, especially the education, if people can't really use words that people relate to quickly to precipitate change, shall we say, um, drinking too much alcohol, okay, um, what do you think is the recommended alcohol for a week? A week? Hmm. Well, uh, minimum, I would say, for per day, it would be two glasses of wine and maybe two pints a day. So I don't really know then. Sorry, so. when you said minimum, did you mean maximum? Oh, sorry, maximum. Maximum um, per day, I would say two glasses of wine and two pints of beer per day. 14 units. I mean, I've seen in the past... I don't really understand that. Well, in the past, I've seen 21 units, which suggests to me if you've got seven uh, days in the week, three units per day, but then you've got to be careful. Some days, maybe you've got far more sneaking in. But if you get into the habit, you know yesterday while we were out, uh, I won't say too much about who made the comment because it doesn't really matter. But the comment was made that goody goody two show shoes wasn't drinking like, you know, as if, you know, because you don't have a beer, there's something wrong with you. I didn't drink because I know and I, I told everybody that later in the day I was likely to have uh, another drink. Um, so I didn't want to drink twice in a day. And the trouble is, you know, if you have, say, a pint of beer, um, OK, that's probably two units. 
Now, well, as I say, I don't know what understanding you. So, what are you saying? Well, they, <coughs> a, a, they, is a pint of beer and two glasses they, of wine they rec- a day too much? Well, they reckon. I mean, per person. Well, I mean, if it's every single day of the week, <coughs> I think what we've seen over the years, people often the ones that have died early have been people that have had this big beer belly, <coughs> or obviously because they drink too much wine and it gives the same. Uh, through the um, through the stomach, um, I mean, obviously, uh, we haven't even touched on eating yet because you can eat too much. But certainly, drinking, I would think, is easily easier to spot if you've got a half a shandy or the um, half of beer and and a, a glass of wine, all one units, uh, and you have all one units. and one, you yeah per, per one one. And if you're supposed to be having fourteen of those in a week. You only need two. To, if you're driving, for example, the, the obvious thing for me is just don't drink. Well, yeah. Or only have one maximum drink. Yeah, but that, that's what they say, though, don't they? They tell you we, we've we've gone through this for years, especially when they've um, cut, you know, hit down on drink driving, which I think is appalling. Um, you know you're drinking too much. You know you're getting in the car. I've got no no. Um, Sympathy for anybody who gets in a car that knows he's over or she's over um, the limits in the sense that you shouldn't have drunk in the first place. You should have a designated driver, and this has been happening for yonks for years and years, especially the campaign over Christmas. Get a dedicated, uh, sorry, nominated designated, driver, yeah. designated driver, or book a taxi. I mean, it's not rocket science, but people will still break the rules, still think, oh, I'm okay, I've had 10 pints, I've had six pints, but I can still drive you all home. I think sometimes even the people in the car if he has or she has got passengers, should say, no, I'm not getting in the car with you. It's all about common sense, isn't it? I mean, you can see if somebody's over the limit. You can see you're getting in the car with somebody that's not not with it. I've got to try and cram the last bit of this in before we finish. And they're talking about officials should enforce regulations that ban multi-buy price promotions for food high in fat, sugar and salt, and a 9pm advert ban for junk food, they said. Well, they've got junk food adverts on all through the days, every single day of the week. And all these proposals were introduced under the former Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, but have been delayed until October 2025. This is absolute nonsense. I know that maybe it would be a bit more difficult to quickly say, right, we stop now, because the production lines will already have got things going in. But... Uh, surely if they can change the prices and they've got people in the shops changing the price, all you need is a black marking pen. Just knock things out. You know, I mean, you, you could do it if there was a, if they, there was a way. They, it's all about the will, isn't it? If you don't want to do it. If you don't want to do it. There's always excuses in all walks of life and all situations. Oh, it, can't do this, can't do that. I mean... I'm getting, uh, you know, things now that are in uh, paper, uh, like uh, little individual um, sugar uh, packets, which you have one little portion, and it's in paper. Well, a year ago, it was in plastic. So things are changing, but too slowly. I've only got two minutes left. I've got to make sure I say this, because quite frankly, look at the TV. 
Look at the way programmes are changing people. Look at the sexualization of even the soap operas. Look at the words or listen to the words in the music. They are harmful. I've been saying this for 20 years or more and I think we're now seeing it for ourselves. I wanted to actually research the words of music but I was told that uh, it was an area that wasn't necessary necessary my foot they did there just wasn't a will to do it i think our age and even if i don't know younger people as well they don't really listen to all the words because sometimes you can't even understand or you can't hear all the words but it goes in subliminally uh, it goes in, yeah but it's the young very much the younger generation it goes in subliminally and as i've said in another podcast if you watch the 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 songs on these kids programs which are supposed to be just uh, little uh, cartoon characters uh, look at the music that they're putting in with them antichrist music i mean you know i'm sounding a freak for for mentioning these things but there's a couple of songs one by madonna and one by lady gaga go and listen to them see what your own children and grandchildren are listening to okay i think that's it Thanks for listening. Once again, the newspapers are trying to change us. Be alert. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, be alert and uh, stick to your principles. That's what I would say. The whole programme is stick to your own principles and don't be swayed by people that really are not as important as you. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs>